Good morning. And welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It's a joy to see all of you gathered here today. Uh, it's a blessing for us to be together as the body of Christ at First United Methodist Church. I hope you took a moment and received a weekly sheet on there. You will see what is happening here at First United Methodist Church, including worship tonight, candlelight communion at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock, with a live nativity between... And, uh, and with that, there will also be a, a horse-drawn carriage rides for $10 a person that is a fundraiser for the animal sanctuary that provides our animals for the live nativity. And these are all weather permitting. So we hope you can take part in that. Uh, let us prepare ourselves for prayer as we come and center ourselves for worship. Heavenly Father, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we turn to you with great expectation and anticipation. God, you are so good and so faithful, and we thank you for your faithfulness that came among us in Jesus. It is in his name we pray. Amen.
kitchens to come forward for the lighting of the Advent wreath. Isaiah said that the Lord spoke to the king and said, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But when the king refused, God would not be stopped. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the one woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. God wants us to know that even when we aren't sure ourselves, he wants us to experience his own presence. Even when we think we can handle life on our own, he sends us signs of his presence with us. All we need to do is keep our eyes open and look. A second reading. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took him as his wife, but had no relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. We light these candles, the candle of joyous hope, of proclaimed peace, of deep, everlasting joy, and today of presence that speaks of love as a sign that no matter our circumstances, we know that we are not alone. Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. 
From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. And now we move to worshiping God with our morning offering. You may have noticed on the back of your worship bulletin that we have added another avenue of giving here at First United Methodist in addition to the plate giving and um, directed giving on the website. You can also give through Venmo and pay to text and you'll find that QR code on the back of your worship bulletin. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in this season of giving and receiving, we worship and celebrate the greatest gift, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Nothing that we give can compare to the gift you give to us. In honoring Jesus, we offer these gifts today. And we pray that you bless them and guide us in their use so that Jesus may be known to all. In his name we pray. Amen. If the ushers will come forward, we will worship God with our morning offering.
As we move to our time of congregational prayer today, I'm sure you notice the lovely flowers which are in front at the sanctuary. They are in celebration of Laura Condra's birthday this past week, given by her children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Let us prepare ourselves for a time of congregational prayer. Gracious and giving God, you are so faithful. And even when we are not, you are. And we're thankful for your faithfulness that shows up on Christmas Eve. It shows up every day, especially in the messiness and confusion of our lives. God, we're thankful that you loved us enough to send your only begotten son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, to come as, as Jesus with us and for us and among us. Help us this day to celebrate that truth and to live that truth. May it be proclaimed in this body of Christ, in this church, our community, our nation, and our world. And may the work of the Prince of Peace rule in our lives. And it is in his name that we pray together the prayer that he taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church.
Amen. So it's working now? Very good. Hey, and it is working. Um, I want you to know that um, it's, it's not the people in the back. It's, it's all me. Because what you may not realize is that clergy women are horrible with, uh, with mics because we don't have pockets like clergy men do. We don't have a place to hang the, the battery pack. Um, and while there are some challenges to being a clergy woman, there's also great joys and advantages, such as preaching pregnant during Advent. And I'm not pregnant, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, that came out of my mouth, and I thought, no, no big announcement. So, yeah, yeah, it would be. So, um, <laughs> I can't believe I said that. But such is life. There are challenges, uh, there are joys, there are celebrations, there's moments of laughter and moments of embarrassment. And so will be the next 24 hours. And I have for you some advice as we move through the next 24 hours. And that advice for you is to look for Jesus because as we seek Christ, in our lives, he will be found. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Luke, verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Luke 2, 1 through 20. Hear the good news of our Lord and Savior's birth. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration. It was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. 
When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is a blessing to hear this beloved story again from Scripture and to read the words of Jesus' birth. As we ponder them anew, I ask, dear God, that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I vividly remember Rachel's first Christmas. Now, she was quite young and did not realize it was Christmas. She was just a few months old. We could have not gotten her a gift for Christmas, but we decided to do so. We got her a little Fontanini nativity set. It was called My First Nativity. And with it was just the holy family and a tiny manger with a Jesus you could put inside the manger. It was meant to be a nativity set that you could add to each year. Again, Rachel didn't realize we had given her a nativity set for Christmas, but the cat did. The cat soon discovered baby Jesus in the manger. And he had this habit of playing with baby Jesus, knocking him out of the manger and sliding him throughout the house. And I realized this probably landed that cat in cat hell, but that is another sermon for another day. So it was kind of interesting because Rob and I would go on the pursuit of, of Jesus, and you never know where he would end up. Sometimes he would be by the front door, sometimes in the back bedroom, sometimes under the lip of the refrigerator, other times in the sunroom. It eventually became such a hassle to find him that we gave up on our pursuit because we would find him and the cat would discover that we put him back and he would go back to his cat games. So we just gave up and we knew eventually we would look down and there would be Jesus. We would find him because Jesus had a way of showing up in the most unexpected places. And that's how it was the first Christmas. It was totally unexpected. Unexpected to a young Mary who received a visitation from Gabriel. How could this be? She was not even married. And she was going to be the mother of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And her response to this was, let it be according to your word. And then there's Joseph, totally unexpected. He believed his fiancée to be unfaithful, but an angel came to him in a dream and said, don't dismiss Mary, for this child is going to be the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. And then how unexpected that the census would be taken and a very pregnant Mary would have to travel to Bethlehem in a crowded city and there was no room for them and Jesus 
would be born where the animals were stabled and kept and be placed in a manger. Totally unexpected. Of course, God and the prophets knew the story. They knew this was expected, but most of the people did not. They didn't know that the Savior was coming at that point in time, and they didn't know that he would come in a place like Bethlehem in that region in that time. No one knew. And the Messiah couldn't be recognized by military might, by the kingship like King David, but he would be recognized as the Prince of Peace. They were not prepared for this unexpected visitation, and because of this, many missed the great gift. I think the shepherds were the most unexpected. The Wesleyan Study Bible reminds us of the shepherd's place in society. Shepherding was a despised occupation, the commentator says, in the eyes of the first century elite. And the angel's announcement to the shepherds is an example of God choosing to favor the disfavored. These outsiders were the ones to receive the message from the angel that God was with them. And they were the outsiders. The disfavored ones had become the favored They were the first to hear the message, the good news for all people. And an angel chorus came to them saying glory to God in the highest. Can you imagine that angel chorus coming to them and telling them about Jesus' birth? I have been to Shepherd's Field outside of Bethlehem and I can't imagine it either. How unexpected is that? Jesus showed up in a place where no one anticipated him, where no one thought he was coming, to people that no one thought he was coming to. For you see, the power people at that time thought that Rome was the center of all power and authority and that Caesar was Lord. So those who were looking for a new king would have looked in centers of power and money and prestige they would have never thought that the king who would save the world would be coming to a a region that was occupied, lowly, and in despair. But he, he was there. Jesus was born there, and Jesus was with the people. Jesus came as God with us, and in Bethlehem is where he could be found. My prayer for you this Christmas is that Jesus is found in unexpected places in your lives. Yes, I realize that Jesus is always with you. He loves you, and he loved you enough to send his only son to die for you. That is God's grace. It's not like with the baby Jesus from Rachel's nativity set. Jesus is not lost, but Jesus can always be found. It's the interesting thing is the unexpected places where Jesus shows up. And in those moments of finding him, Jesus is more real to us, more alive to us than ever. He is Lord and he graces us with his blessed presence. We know he loves us because he doesn't, he does show up in unexpected places next to us. 
bringing us mercy and grace when we need it the most. So where are we expecting to find Jesus over the next 24 hours? Of course, places like this, as we gather as the body of Christ in worship, as we hear the Christmas story from the Bible proclaimed, as the church will gather tonight in Holy Communion and as we gather in candlelight worship, as gifts are exchanged, as we are reunited with family, as we come together with those that we love, as we come in these joyous places, we easily see Jesus. We know he is there. But the good news for us, it's not just in these places where we expect to find him, but he also shows up in the messiness of life too. I shared with you earlier that Jesus was found in an unexpected way in Bethlehem. While the prophets foretold his birth, few were looking for him there. The shepherds encountered Jesus because God favored the outsider and sent messengers to them of all that was taking place nearby. These were messy people in a messy place, but Jesus was just around the corner. He was right there next to them the whole time. And even more outsiders would find him. Maybe you remember the story of the wise men from Matthew 2. They weren't particularly looking for Jesus to be born. They were just looking in the sky and the stars revealed a sign. A new king had come. I wonder how many people were gazing at the stars and saw the sign. But I wonder how many people acted. Those wise men made the arduous journey. They traveled seeking this new king. And they came to, to Bethlehem. And in there was messiness because they came to King Herod. And King Herod was so threatened that it led to the slaughter of countless babies. It was a messy journey and a messy time. But Jesus was there. If Jesus' presence could reach these non-Jewish people in a foreign place, I know that Jesus' presence can reach us in our mess too. It is in our messiness that we are most surprised by Jesus. Jesus is there when we face struggles, especially around the holidays. He is there when we encounter the chaos of daily life. He comes in that peace that passes all understanding. He shows up in our brokenness when we need healing, when we need others, when we need grace in the body of Christ. In our brokenness, he is visible. We are tempted to believe that he won't show up or we don't deserve it or we don't deserve grace. We think that in those spaces, we are beyond the reach of Jesus. Or we think that our situations aren't holy enough or good enough or perfect enough for him to come. But when we think that Jesus won't show up in our mass, we're just like the people that missed his first coming because Jesus came in the unexpected mass. When we're looking for Jesus in perfection and prestige in those places where everyone is looking, we did we miss the power of Jesus' coming. Remember Jesus' ministry? He told a story 
about one who would leave the 99 and go look for the one. He would leave the expected and go seeking the unexpected. And where did the religious leaders of the day find Jesus? They found him eating with sinners and tax collectors. That's where Jesus was. In the unexpected, in the messiness, and that is where he shows up today. Jesus left the manger to be with us in the holy mess of humanity. When we don't think he'll show up in our mess, then we forget the truth of Scripture that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. I love how the message translates the Gospel of John from the first chapter, verse 14, where Peterson translates the passage like this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of the kind glory, like father, like son, generous on the inside and out, true from start to finish. This description of Jesus among us from the Gospel of John is a powerful truth, one for us to claim anew this Christmas. What better gift for us to receive than the grace and love of Jesus, especially in the messiness that we bring with us today and the unexpected that we might experience over the next few hours. Did you hear the Advent reading earlier that Grover shared with us? Did you hear those words? Let me remind you. God wants you to know, even when we aren't sure of ourselves, God wants us to experience God's presence. Even when we think we can handle life on our own, God sends us signs of God's presence with us. All we need to do is keep our eyes open and look. One of the legends of this church is about a nativity that once was in the Chestnut Street lobby. It was like Rachel's in the fact that there was a baby Jesus in a manger that could be removed. And guess what? He was. No one knows what happened to the baby Jesus, but he's been gone for several years. There are many theories about his disappearance but none of those theories could be proven. Now, Matthew, our building supervisor, has looked for him. The pastors who served here at the time looked for him. Many people were on the lookout, are still on the lookout for Jesus, and they don't know where he is. Now, some people believe that Jesus is hid in this very building. Others think that Jesus has left the building. I don't know. I wasn't here at the time, so I have no idea what happened to Jesus. There are some who have given up pursuit. They say he can't be found. And there are some that are still looking. So my advice for you, First United Methodist Church, is keep looking. Keep looking for Jesus because he is here and he can be found. Amen. Let us pray. We're thankful that Jesus shows up in places where we anticipate him to be and in the unexpected of our lives.
And my prayer is that Jesus will show up in our lives in a fresh and real and a beautiful way this day and tomorrow and for the rest of our lives. It is in his name we pray. Amen. If you have a prayer need in your life or would like to unite with First United Methodist Church, I'll be available after the service to speak with you. Don't forget candlelight communion this afternoon at 4 o'clock and then tonight at 6 o'clock. And now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in peace. Amen. And if you would, remain standing for the choral benediction. <laughs>